Today we continue our study of Mishnayos Maseches Nedorim with lesson number five. And we will focus <coughs> upon Mishnah, Mishnah Dalad and Hay, the fourth and fifth Mishnah, the final two Mishnayos of the second Perak, of Perak Beis. Mishnah Dalad begins, Stam Nedorim Lahachmir, which means if a person makes a vow, it doesn't explain exactly what he means. His language is a bit ambiguous. It can have two possible meanings. So we impose upon him the stricter meaning. But if he explains himself and says, I didn't mean that, I meant the more lenient expression, then we believe him. Ketza, what's an example of this? Omar hare olai kivosor maliach. He's saying that. Such and such an object, such and such a food, should be upon me like salted meat. Now, it could be the salted meat of a korban. Every korban is salted. I'll call korboncho takriv melach. Or it could be the salted meat being used in the sacrifices offered to an idol. Or if he says, kiyein nesach, I am prohibiting this... Uh, whatever, this drink upon me, as if it was yayin nesach. Yayin nesach is, could be the, the yayin on a mizbeach, which is poured upon the mizbeach, in which case the nether takes effect. The korbon, whether it's bosor, maliach, or whether it's yayin, is adover hanodur. Or he could be referring to yayin which is poured to an idol which is in the common language nowadays called Yayin Nesach. And that, that case, he's not also in whatever he's prohibiting because he's linking it not to a Dover HaNadur, but to a Dover HaOsur, to Avodizor. So, Im Shel Shomayim Nodar, if he means Korbonos, Boso Maliach Nesach, which is going to heaven, so to speak, also because he has linked the object that he's prohibiting upon himself to devorim hanadurim, things which are also because of a neder. Korbonos. Im nodar, however, if he's referring to the meat or the wine which is given to idols, mutar, because that's devorim ho'asurim. The imstam, we don't know what he says, we don't know what he means, he doesn't say what he means. Then also we take the stricter view. That's the meaning of stam nedorim lahachmir. And other examples. Harayalai kacherem. Now cherem is a word which can have very various meanings. Im kacherem shel shomayim. It could be the cherem shel shomayim. Cherem shel shomayim means that a person takes an object, whatever it is, and donates it to the Beis Hamikdash. He says, this table, this chair, this menorah, this becha, this, this, uh, whatever, should be the, donated to the Beis HaMikdash, for the Bedek bias. Maybe the Beis HaMikdash can use it or sell it and use the proceeds. So that's a Dover HaNodur. In that case, Im Kecherem Shel Shemayim also. Im Kecherem Shel Kohanim. Certain objects, which Torah explains in detail, um, that belong to the Kohanim ultimately become the property of the Kohanim and the Kohanim can use it as they wish. It's not Hegdish, it's property of the Kohanim. And property of the Kohanim is not a Dover Ha'osu or not a Dover Ha'nodur, it's just plain Mutur. So if I link 
I say such and such and such should be also to me like the cherem of a kohanim. What I mean is like the property of the kohen. The property of the kohen is not also to me. If I'm his guest, I can eat whatever his cherem is or use it. So we don't know what this fellow means. He just said kecherem. So if it's kecherem shal shemayim davar hanador kecherem shal kohanim davar hamutor mutor. The stam. We have the principle stam the dorim lahachmir also. Ha'elai kamaaser. Something should be to me as if it was maaser. No, im kamaaser If he's talking about the maaser behema, if a person has a flock of sheep or whatever, he has to give one tenth every tenth sheep and says, "This is number ten. This is number twenty. This is number thirty. And they are brought as carbonos, etc. That's a dover hanadur. That tenth animal becomes kadosh through a neder, which I make by saying, "This is the tenth one." I hereby declare it maaser behema. So it's a dover hanador. So if by maaser I meant kamaser behema nodar also imshel goren. But if it's the maaser which the levi takes, the tithe, the maserishon which the levi takes, no, that's not a dover hanador. That's not a dover also. That's mutar. The levi can invite me. I'm not a levi or a kohen. A levi can invite me to his home and give me maserishon to eat, and I'm allowed to eat it. So it's a dover hamutar. So if I say that barrels of bananas should be to me like maaser. And I mean Maserishon of my friend the Levi, those bananas are perfectly permitted to me. Im shall go and muto. The im stam, if he just says hare like kamase, we don't know whether he means maser behema, a dover hanodur, or maser shall go and maserishon, which is a dover hamutor, also. Again, the principle, stam the dorim, lahachmir. Hare like katruma. Katruma can mean various things. Im katruma salishka, truma could mean the coins which were given to the central depository, the central treasure house in the Beis Hamikdash, near the Beis Hamikdash, the Shkolim, which have a uh, a halach of a davar hanador, they are dedicated toward korbanos sibur. So if by truma I meant truma salishka nodar also, the im shall go and if I mean the truma which goes to the kohen, that's a davar haosur we learned earlier. Im shall go and mutar im stam. Also, dear So Rabbi does not distinguish, and he says when they use the word truma or the word cherem, so uh, we say stam nedorim whether the person lives in Yehuda, the region around Yerushalayim, or he lives in the Galil up north by Tveri and Svas, etc. Either way, we say stam nedorim If he says the word truma, we interpret it to mean truma salishka. If he says the word cherem, we interpret it to mean cherme kohanim. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer no. Stam truma. If a person says the word truma, it depends where he lives. Be Yehuda. If he lives around Yerushalayim, where all the Kohanim were centered and gathered, etc., so then he means by Truma, Truma, I'm sorry, if he lives in Yehuda near Yerushalayim, and the people living near Yerushalayim know that there's money that's being put in the central treasury, right downtown across the street from them, and that's called Truma in their language, so then we say, Asura. Then if he links to that truma, he means truma salishka, and whatever he links to it is also. But Golil, in the Golil, they didn't have in their, of course they knew theoretically, yeah, there's a central bank where all these shkolim are going. But it wasn't part of their everyday speech. So therefore, when they used the word truma, they meant the truma which goes to the koanim, the trumas hagoren. 
as opposed to Trumas Alishko. Trumas Agoran is a Dovar Ho Osur, and therefore the Neder is not Chal, Muteras. She'ein Anshei HaGolil Makir Nes Trumas Alishko. Literally, People who live in the Galil don't know about, don't recognize Trumas Halishka, meaning it's not something they're familiar with because they live so far away from this um, Lishka, from this central depository of Shkolem. Similarly, but the opposite, Stam Charomim. When a person uses the word Cherem in Yehuda, where all the Kohanim live and hang out, Mutorin, because a person living in Yehuda, when he uses the word cherem, is referring to the cherem of the Kohanim. And cherem of the Kohanim are dvorim hamutorim, and therefore the neder is mutor. Uba Golil, in the Golil, when they say the word cherem, they mean kodshe bedek habayis, which are dvorim hanadurim, and the neder is chal. The people living in the Galil were not so familiar with the Cheromim, which belong as personal property, not sacred property, of the Kohanim. So that's Mishneh Dalet. Mishneh Hay says, suppose the person himself interprets his statement. He made a neder that such and such should be upon me like a Cherim. And then he comes along and says, not about cherem. The Omar. Then he comes along and says, "You know what I meant by cherem? Cherem is a word which is used in Tanakh and Kohelis, for example, to mean a net, a fisherman's net, which has no status. It's not sacred. It's not over hanadur. It's not prohibited. It's nothing. It's just a net. And if he says lo nodati bechor or if he says made a neder by korbon. And he says, you know what I meant by korbon? I didn't mean a sacrifice to be brought in the days of Mikdosh. I meant korbon, a gift that you give to royalty. People were always giving korbonos to the king as a gift. I just mean a gift. Or if a person says, harei atzmi korbon. Now, atzmi can mean me. I personally am a korbon, meaning you can't have any hanor from me. And then he says, no, I, my atzmi, I didn't mean me, myself. I meant atzmi, my bone. I have a bone back home, which I use for nadorim, which has no halachic status at all. But whenever I get upset, I make a neder, that such and such should be also to me like that bone. So it's not uh, whatever I said, uh, it doesn't take effect. In all these cases, the person is interpreting himself what he meant by the word cherem or korban or atzmi. Or, konim ishti nenestli. He says, oh, my wife, none of my property, all my property is usher to her like a korban, like a koinam. And then he says, I don't mean my current wife. I mean my old wife who I divorced years ago. I still call her my wife. My first wife whom I divorced. So if a person interprets his neder in this way, then we believe him. As the rule was at the beginning of Mishneh Dalid, that perushehen, the, the, the interpretations that a person gives, perushom lohokel, are always more lenient. Al-kulom, ein nish'olim lohem. You don't even have to go ask a shayla. You don't have to have a Torah Snedorim. The person is believed uh, just by saying, I didn't really mean anything of consequence, and there's no neder here. However, if the neder, the noder, was anam ha'ores, he was an ignoramus, and he didn't know that when you make a neder by a net, 
or make a nether that your first wife whom you divorce shouldn't have Hanoah from you, that it's meaningless. But rather, he thinks it is meaningful. And now he comes to a chocham with a she'elah with a request for hatoras nedorim. Then we don't want these amehoorets, these ignoramuses, to be lax with nedorim. So we impose upon them a punishment. On shinosom, we tell them, aha, so you made a nether by a cherem that you're not going to eat bananas for a month, then the next month you can't eat bananas or whatever. We're strict with them. So says Rab Meir. Rab Meir's basic point is that you can't believe in Am Ha'oretz if he tells you that by Cherem I meant the net. By my wife, he means my first wife of my divorce 20 years ago. And therefore we have to impose uh, these punishments upon him and he has to conduct himself as if the nether was totally valid. However, no, we don't impose any punishments, but we assist him in the process of looking for some opening so that we can nullify his neder. We open up the neder, we open a doorway, we find some extrinsic, extraneous reason to be able to be matir this neder. But we tell him, hey, look, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be speaking so loosely. You shouldn't be making vows so uh, casually. So the person not become overly casual, overly frivolous with uh, making vows. And so we have uh, completed now lesson number five. And with it, we have completed the second chapter of Nadorim.